0: Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. amen. Go to the book of Acts in chapter ten. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Amen. Acts in the tenth chapter. We'll trust the Lord to give us what we need tonight. I've got three or four messages out of this study, and I just don't remember where one ends and the other begins. So I'm gonna preach as the Lord leads us. Amen. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Amen. Lord we thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Jesus giving us your son. Thank you that you sent the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the local church, the body of Christ. Lord, thank you for the word of God in our hearts. Thank you for eternal Thank you for eternal life that is dwelling within us right now. We hath. You said that he that hath is a hath. I'm not going to get eternal life in heaven. I got it right in there. Father, breathe on us tonight. Lord, you know what we need. I don't. I never do. And uh, I never know before or after, but you do. And I pray you'd help us. And we'll love you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. I, uh, this place is becoming like a church family to me, Amen. really is, beginning to learn all the people and their family and their children, and, and I feel like we're at home here, and there's a great love in my heart for the churches when the Lord puts us with the church, and uh, we thank God for you, and we love you, we pray for you, we love you, preacher, and, uh, and he's, he's a great man of God. Yeah. Yeah. And we're thankful for the men. I could begin naming some men that are precious, and their children and their grandchildren. This is the Lord's church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And you don't you don't see a lot of them anymore these days. Right. Yeah. Just because you're under a steeple and in a building don't mean right. you're one of the Lord's churches. Yeah. Right And I'm grateful and thankful for it. We were with Brother Doug Rains um, last night and this morning. And uh, we're excited, Brother Adam, for you and your family. And praise the Lord for some things happening there. And coming to Chattanooga, too, maybe. I shouldn't tell announcements up here. And uh, so we'll be neighbors. You can come over and take care of me. (laughs) <laughs> Acts chapter ten. I'm a preacher's kid. Amen. Acts he is. Acts ten. The Lord wants me to preach this. I had two or three I suggested, but He wants uh, this word tonight. And the Lord, I'm just feeling real good in my soul. I may run. What I may do is run. I may run. I guess what I may do is run. I bless the Lord. Amen. I'm glad to have my son, Preston, with me. Yeah. And I'm going to try to marry him off all night long. Yeah. There's a dozen good candidates in here, and we're just going to, whatever sticks, we're going to just jump out there in it. And he, he ate all my chocolate chip cookies this afternoon in the motel while I was taking a nap. And I'm a little bitter. You pray for us. Yeah. He left me one sugar cookie, and he took a bite out of it. And so I wasn't going to mention it. In front of everybody, but I'm still mad about it. <laughs> Acts chapter 10. There's some amazing things in here. And it's, uh, it's a joy to preach to people who love the Bible. It's, it's frustrating out there preaching the Word of God to people who've never read it. And don't study it. They don't love it. That's the thing. Is There's a love. There's a passion. This book is not for your head. It don't even fit in your head. It fits in your heart. These are not facts as much as they are true. This is truth. And none of the facts are wrong. It's very factual. But this is truth. And God don't give his word to people that don't repent. You don't have a repentant people. He don't they don't talk to people whose heart ain't right. And, and revelation comes as a reward of repentance. It always does. If you say, okay, Lord, I believe in that sin or I'm forsaking that affection or I'm, I obey you in that area. And then boom, 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 the light comes on and that gets real. And uh, I, I guess most evangelists stay frustrated on the road. Probably do. I felt backslid. Sometimes I feel so backslid. I guess I'm speaking honestly here, which I always try to, Sunday nights anyway. Uh, I mean, I left my church and the Lord put me in a van and I felt backslid so much of the time. Because you're with churches that ain't right with God and you got to get down there and try to just do a hard work. And I was used to being in good church. Right, 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 right. And, uh, and the Word of God is precious. Right. Amen. Listen, folks, America's not the church. The church is not America. Right. I'm happy the election went the way it did. I mean, guns and taxes and Supreme Court, those things are good. But it ain't going to bring no revival to the church. We actually don't know where things are going. Because we're way beyond political. We're in prophetical. Right.
1: We're in prophetical
0: hours. We're way beyond political hours. I went and stood with my daddy when I was a boy, Jerry Falwell, Moral Majority. And on the, the every, there were churches and preachers on every state capitol. And one woman overturned the whole independent fundamental movement. One woman, Madeline Mary O'Hare. And that's how much. That's how far we'd gone. That was 40 years ago. But what we didn't get was the Lord wasn't trying to do what we were doing. That hurt your feelings. Sorry about that. What God's doing is a lot bigger than what we think. He's the one bringing the nations together against Jerusalem. This thing's been orchestrated by him what we might ought to do is lift our eyes above this world and set our affection on another world. What God's doing is eternal. What He's doing is eternal. Acts chapter 10 is amazing scriptures. Acts is a transitional book. And and right here, something I run into in my study is very interesting. I began this study, well, I'm going to get too involved. I began this study in the Song of Solomon. And I am the rose of Sharon. And I found Sharon. I found out that Sharon was, was a beautiful, the most beautiful part of the Holy Land. It's northwest on the Mediterranean, up on the coast, 10 o'clock. And it's, it's the most beautiful, it's the most fertile. It's not hills or valleys. And it's rich and lustrous and it's where the best herds and the beautiful foliage and flowers and trees and the roses sharon there without any thorns. That rosy sharon don't have any thorns. On it. And I looked, began to look for sharon throughout the Bible. And of course that was a field of grace. I'm going to need you to come with me a little bit right there. Sharon was a field of grace. Y'all ain't helping me. I will throw something at you and not apologize. It's a field of grace. That's what it was. I don't have time to prove that and show that. That's where the king put his royal flocks (laughs) when he wanted them to rest and fatten. And and that's where he put the royal flocks. Well, I found Sharon in the New Testament. And it came, and then y'all help me now. Right after God saved Paul and called him to preach, he sat Simon Peter down for many days with one Simon a tanner. And that's where Simon Peter got up on that rooftop and God dropped that net down, showed him that vision, that we're changing gears. We're heading off for them, we're heading off to save a bunch of them undeserving, defiled, low down, dirty, no good for nothing, them old pagan Gentile dogs. See, Simon Peter was the apostle to the circumcision. Scripture says that more than once. He was he was that apostle, heavily flavored minister. Ministry to the Jews. He pastored in Jerusalem. What, thirty years before they killed and martyred him. And and Simon Peter preached. He had them keys hanging around his neck. Matthew sixteen. And in Acts two, he preached the gospel of the grace of God to the Jews. And in Acts ten, he preached the gospel of the grace of God to the Gentiles. And he opened up them keys of the kingdom. And it's like a handoff in football. And here went Paul. Y'all ain't helping me. Yeah. Now, there's almost a changing of the guard right here. God saves Paul, calls him to preach, gonna make him a, the apostle to the Gentiles. And when he did, he sat Peter down. You go look at it. There's all the dispensations which are there. They overlap. And men differ on exactly when things happen, but just come ask me. I've got it figured out. Don't, you know, I know the, the people. But men differ on where things over. But this is one of the most specific points where you see the law, the the outreach to the Jews, and God shutting down the old is when He saved Paul and called him. And I'm about to run what I'm about to do because I know what I'm fixing to say next. Don't bless my heart. I done thought it before I said it. Sorry, but He sat Paul down. I mean, He sat Peter down and raised Paul up. And you know where he set Peter down? (laughs) In Sharon. In in Phil Grace. It's chapter 9. And you'll see it in verse 35. And all that dwelt at Lydia. And Saron saw him. That's where God set Peter down. That's Sharon. You go look at it. I've researched it thoroughly. Go look at it for yourself. And when he sat him on that rooftop, okay, I'm gonna need a little help right here. We got some old time Bible students so I'm gonna need you to come with me a little bit right here. God sat him on the rooftop with one Simon a tanner. I got a message I've been preaching there and I'm gonna preach tonight on when God tans your (laughs) hide, He'll skin you. Y'all help me right now for just a second right here. He'll skin you. He'll slay you. He'll skin you. He'll stretch you. He'll nail you to the board. He'll nail you down. And then he'll soak you. And he'll solvent. There's a chemical thing going on there. And, and, and he'll soften you. He'll stretch you. Y'all ain't helping me. God was changing gears. I'm going to say something. The Lord, he wants me to talk about all this tonight. It's going to mean to you whatever it's supposed to There comes times in your life when God changes gears. Transition times. And the old things that were wonderful are easing off and new things are coming and they're frightening. Here's a new apostle coming. Paul. Here's an old apostle. And look at chapter 9, verse 43. It came to pass that he tarried. Chapter 9, verse 43. Many days he sat him down that rooftop. Look in chapter 10, verse 6. He lodges with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. Mm. Mm. There's other verses that tell the same thing. For how many days? Paul was uh, I keep saying Paul. Peter was a man of action. He didn't sit down and look at it. not no moss. Grow. He's like Brother Griffith, Brother Hackett. Wide he open. Was, he wasn't a man of reflection. He was a man of action. Many days God sat him on the rooftop. And if you see where that was situated, you go study it yourself. He had one eye on the Mediterranean Sea and one eye on the field of grace. God was showing him the Gentile nations the fields that lie beyond the sea. You Bible students know that the sea always represents the nations and he had one eye on that field of grace and one eye on the fields that are white on And God was, these were transition days. But one thing that me and you don't like is we don't like change. No, we don't, and we don't like to leave our comfort zone. Right. And, and let me show you where he's at right here. Now the Lord drops this net down on him. He done. let him. Leave me alone. God set Simon the Apostle down with Simon the Tanner. He knows who to put in your life. He knows what to put in your life when it's time to change gears. That's good. Hold my didn't he sit Jacob down with Laban, the only fellow that could outrun a con on him? <laughs> I mean, when you marry the older sister that's tender eyed, <laughs> and you didn't even know it, I mean, somebody pulled one on you. You're right. <laughs> she is tender eyed. <laughs> Your eyes are beat tender after you got done looking at her. And doesn't God know how to put us with in places and with people? when he's wanting change. Good, good. And he knows how to treat every one of us. I'm in Acts 10. And so you come down there In verse nine, he's up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. That's lunch. He became very hungry. Look in verse 11. And saw heaven opened. Now, anytime you see heaven opened, there is probably a dispensational change taking place. Anytime the heavens open, God is either taking something up or bringing something down, but changes in the air. You do a study through the New Testament on the times the heavens open. I need a little help right there. And here we come. Y'all ready? I'm gonna preach till y'all look like you're done, done with my sermon, then I'll quit. He saw heaven opened. Here we come. Here's all these unclean animals representing them Gentiles. Here we come. Verse 12. Whew. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. Y'all want to take 20 seconds stop and do a little Holy Ghost shouting on what kind of sinners God saves? Verse 12, number one, he said they were all about to run, nearly ran, should have run. Apologize for not running. All. Oh! He died for all and any anybody can get saved if they want to. If you go to hell, it's because you chose your sin over your sin. You can't blame nobody else. If you go to hell, it's because you rejected Jesus. So nobody told me the gospel. God gave you enough in creation He gave you enough in your conscience. Honey, he gave you everything you'd ever need. And and the grace of God has appeared to every man. If you go to hell, it's because you chose your sin don't care if you die a naked savage in the yonder jungles where nobody ever comes. There was a day that a ray of light come down and hit a butterfly and something struck you and you knew you wasn't right. And if you'd have responded to the light that he showed you, he'd have given you more light until you found the light. If you go to hell, it's because you chose your sin. We're not Calvinists. We're in we're all. Thank God he, thank God he died for all. Yeah. Manner. Yeah. We're all different kinds of sinners. Here the, all right, this got to be fat. This ain't the sermon. Here we go, real fat. 15 seconds each, sort of my own version. Four footed beast. This is idolatry. Yeah. This takes us to the golden calf and not the devil worship. Always an ox, a goat. The four footed beast is always your idolatry. Let's just stop and thank God. Do you remember yeah. when you had other gods running your life? yeah. yeah. I know we don't do statues like Roman Catholics and Hindus. but we have, Americans we have our gods. Oh, do we ever have our? Half of y'all still got. But you're, you're making fun of them Hindus and Buddhists for having little god, little statues all over the house. You got little gods all over your life. me <inaudible> on <inaudible> idolaters. What's the second kind of beast in verse twelve? Wild beast. Thank God He saves them wild ones. But I say, I hope it don't hurt you. But these are people with five divorces, prison sentences, tattoos that they don't want to show you, and, and messed up, oh, wow. The maniacal Gadara running wild there with chains on it. I'm glad God saves old, messed up sinners. Mm. Idolaters and them wild ones. And then creeping things. This is sins that you got to sneak around to sin. You know that that woman you've been messing with on the job—you creep around to do it, and hope nobody. That stuff on your phone and on your computer—you got to creep around with that mess. Come here. A little bit of lying to your wife and embezzling on the job, and you think you're getting—that stuff you got to creep around to sin. You got to creep in the back door and crawl out the window. That's creeping sin. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm. Good you. Yes. you know how to get saved if you're a creep of a sinner? Wow. You know how God saved you got a creep in sin? Yeah. Just, here's the way I've been saying turn your creeping into crawling. Right. That's good. Stay down there where you're at, good. but just crawl on up to the cross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah. What's the fourth one? And fowls of the air. This is demon possession. Wow! This is devils and strongholds. Probably not, your pastor will tell you this is so. Probably ninety-five, ninety-seven percent of mentions of fowl in the Bible is referring to devils and demons. Yeah, right only, that's right. There's Bible only one or two times that it was something good. Yeah, you're right. Good. Not like ninety-seven percent of the time. Them fowls represent the devils, the principalities, the powers of the air. And I just want to stop and say, thank God that he saves people who have demonic strongholds. In their life. Hey, yeah, yeah. Devils in their life. Yeah, Some folk out there, they, they wasn't raised in church. They wasn't raised with a the heritage. They wasn't raised under the Bible. They was raised under hells. Hells domain. And, there's, and they got strongholds. I'm glad, God, I'm glad God saves those sinners. Now come down to verse 14. So here this came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Verse 14, but Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never. Mm, Isn't that something? Here's the old apostle filled with the Holy Ghost, done preach the day of Pentecost, and yet that old man still lives in him. Y'all ain't helping me. You remember Matthew 16, they hung the keys around his neck and Jesus said, now I'm gonna to go to Jerusalem, suffer and be killed. Not so, Lord, this shall not be. Sure is. All right. That's when he was a preacher boy. Yeah. <laughs> and now here he's an old man of God done had a great, powerful ministry. Yeah. And yet that old man can still act exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's why I don't cut y'all a break around here for having a great heritage. It's because you had power of God 40 years ago. You still got to do what it takes to have the power of God today. You'll rise up and act. I don't care how your personal heritage or this church's heritage. The danger of having what we have and by way of a heritage is you'll end up in Revelation 3.1. Thou hast to name. You got a name. Come on, but God knows what you really are. Right, yeah, You're yeah. hiding behind that reputation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. God, now that 10-day revival when I was here, that was strong in me yeah. that a lot of y'all are hiding behind what you've got here. Come on. Yeah. I still think as a bunch needs to get saved yeah. and a and few need to get right. Yeah. 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 Pastor, that's it. I'm in the study. Yeah. Yeah. No because It's a danger. To stand in a great choir and the song be in your mouth, but it not be in your heart. And it's a danger standing in a place like where we have the truth and you got it in your hand, but not in your heart. But look where he's at. Not so, Lord, for I have never. Mm. What if the Lord come by and does a little personal talking to you? Come and come here. And you say, nah, that's the one thing I'd never. Mm. Mm. Here's where I'm heading to. With my burden tonight. Verse 15 is a good verse, but I want you to look at verse 16. This was done. What's that next word? Right. Right. Y'all, y'all can do better than that. This was done. Thrice. And one more time, this was done thrice. thrice. And when I share this with you, it 'll be the burden on my heart and it 'll be all and we 'll just chew on it. this thrice business. Why'd the Lord do that to him thrice? Tell us, tell us, tell us. Mm. Mm. Thrice. Well, as I as mused slash meditated on these things, the Lord, Brother Spencer, in my heart, Brother Atkins, in my heart, he just reminded me about some thrice business. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, y'all help me put your thinking caps on. You may have done been ahead of me. Ahead. I'm thinking about Jesus yeah. Yeah. and his two preacher boys, yeah. Yeah. his two main apostles. Yeah. <laughs> Paul and Peter. (laughs) They all of them had a thrice. Jesus did. His father gave him a there was a night there when the thing had to be done three times. You can say it out loud if you know what it is. And there's Paul and Peter. And that was and I'm calling the Lord's two preacher boys. Can I just stop and say something right here? Pastor, I don't care how great the man or how great the ministry it seems, every preacher, every church really only has one or two great preachers come out of it. I've been loving preachers and following preachers since I was a boy. God called me young and I've been involved young and and Dad was a preacher and Mom couldn't preach if she needed to and that sort of thing, And you go, just go back and think of the preachers you know and the men you know. And you'd think some of the men would have had 100 preachers come out of their ministry. But just go back and think. It's just me running a little side rabbit. Every great man you've known, every great ministry really had one or two preachers following him. And Paul only had, like Timothy and Titus. Come on now. You could mention somebody. That's just free. You go home and think on that. You reckon the Lord's not near as excited about I mean we get worked up it needs to be big and it needs to be a bunch and he ain't no. never done that? No, you're right. No, no. Yeah. No. He had a Moses and an Aaron, then he had an Elijah and Elisha. Y'all ain't helping me. He had a Paul and a Timothy. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Think about that. Right.
0: And the Lord had two preacher boys Paul and Peter. And all of them had his thrice business. What was Jesus? I mean God the Father to him. What what was his? You can talk to him. Yes. In the Garden of Gethsemane. Three times. <laughs> Three times. The cup. And then the pastor, Paul's thorn. This thing I besought the Lord, Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient. All right, so I'm gonna spit them all free out there and then we'll talk about Jesus. God gave him a cup. And when he looked into it, Now I'm going to say something, y'all better help me. Jesus was no ordinary man. The word was made flesh. He was God manifested in the flesh. So when I talk about him in this message and, and talk about Jesus and his two preachers, I ain't saying that he's on the same level as Paul and Peter. There was never nobody like the son of God. But it started with him. And then you turn around and see him with his two main apostles. And it went on to them thrice. He looked in that cup. There was no rebellion in Christ. There was no sin in Christ. I want to, I want to make sure we're clear on that. Are we clear on that? But when he looked in that, it wasn't rebellion and it wasn't resistance. It's just that the cup that contained our sin was so much oh, man. there's no words oh, yeah, right. how heavy yeah. is your load of sin That's right. yeah. you tell me even now you know you're saved, you know you're forgiven you know you're justified, you know the books are clear you know the blood has cleared and still yeah. how heavy yeah. does, can one sin oh, oh. be to you oh, come on now Pray. Just one skeleton come out of the closet for five minutes and you feel like it's gonna crush you. Jesus took every man's sin from the first Adam to the last conception. Every man's sin was in that cup. And immediately the capillaries burst and came out in the sweat glands with the sweat and drenched his beard. <laughs> and three times, oh my father! Why was he praying? Why was he praying that prayer? Because prayers what we do when we can't do nothing else. Yeah. (laughs) He wasn't praying no technical reasons. It just came out of his,
1: oh, my
0: father. Didn't Mark, pastor, was it Mark's gospel? He cried Abba in the garden. The cry of a baby. He cried like a baby cries in the garden. And there was never a man like that man. He was the greatest warrior, the greatest captain. And so why did he pray? There wasn't nothing technical going on. It just like a baby. When he looked in the cup,
1: the cry that came out of his heart.
0: No, oh, my father. Nevertheless, three times. Paul's thorn 2 Corinthians 12. What was it? Well, I know it was more than having bad eyesight. What college professor came up with that? Some goofball.
1: Galatians, you see how
0: large the letter? Oh, now I know what a thorn was. Please. Been hanging around Bible colleges instead of men of God. Come up with goofy stuff like that. It was a messenger of Satan. Right, to buffet him. To buffet him. I've done a word study years ago. Buffet. I thought it was buffet and I was going to study it out, but it was buffet. It was an accidental study. Buffet. To cause blows to the mind. And to cause actual physical blows, not just to the mind, but to the body. Do you understand that when God lets a devil come after you, there are mental blows? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Good preacher. I am seeing in this hour, and I don't and I don't know much. I really I don't know much. But I'm seeing in this hour. People dealing with devils like we never have. We're so close to the second coming, that bottomless pit, hell's enlarging itself. These devils are they're setting up for the tribulation. He rageth, he knoweth he hath but a short time. Is that Revelation 12? And then Daniel, is it Daniel 7, Daniel 9? In the in the context of the Antichrist, he shall vex. The word vex. I wanna say something to you, my brothers and my sisters. Don't think you're crazy just cause you're going crazy. Come on. <laughs> right. yeah, well, cool. yeah. <laughs> we are being pummeled right. mentally yeah, right. which is connected to our spirit and our emotions and everything in us. We're being pummeled. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you ain't crazy just cause you're going crazy. If you can just make it to your prayer closet. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> you just make it to the next assembly if you can make it through Sun, if you can get to Sunday morning Friday and Saturday may be dark you ain't as bad as you think you are you're worse and you ain't as crazy just cause you're going crazy you're worse than crazy you're a total mess just get it in there and get it to God it's alright to cry like a baby he said my father That messenger of sex sent to buffet Paul. He and I believe this preacher is what I think. He said, "I knew a man in Christ about fourteen years ago, whether in the body, out of the body. I cannot tell. One caught up to third heaven. I believe that was him. I believe that was Paul that went to the, He went to heaven. I personally think he died under that rock pile when they stoned him. You believe that, brother? Spencer? Outside of Lystra, he had the. Um, leave me alone. The apostle to the church the apostle to the Gentiles had to know something about death, burial, and resurrection. Right. That was a 30-minute sermon. I slung off it was going to trying to get in the serbs. Yeah. <sighs> hey, he had done been to heaven and God knew that his pride, that would, he'd, he'd been, I'm going to say this, y'all help me, he'd been so high that it was going to take him too high. God said, I've, I've, let you, I've let you have some heaven. I'm going to have to give you some hell. To save you from yourself. Your pride will get you. Three times. By the way, why do you think Paul wouldn't heal Timothy? Strangers were getting healed in Paul's ministry. People never even saw Paul getting hold of his hankies and getting healing. I wouldn't doubt. I wouldn't doubt. I wouldn't doubt if lost people were getting healed. People were getting his hankies. I mean Simon Peter walked by and the shadow passing over him, they was getting healed. That's Acts 5. And Paul had a, Paul had a special anointing above all the other apostles. He had never seen Christ on earth, he'd only seen him in glory. Because he's going to be a church preacher, a grace preacher, a resurrection preacher. He'd only seen the heavenly Christ. Y'all ain't helping me. You say, why is all the hell coming after me? Because God sent a whole lot of heaven to you. And the only reason hell's there is God told him where your address was. Hey, he needs you there for a while. <laughs> Forward that to, to, your, to one of the deacons. Huh? All right, so here's the thrice business. Are y'all, are y'all with me? I just need you to think with me. Because I'm headed for a question, why three times? on. then Simon Peter had that, such a Jewish ministry. Here come all this defiled, unclean stuff. That's, that's, that ministry's not for me. You ever looked at anything you despise and say, Lord, send that to somebody else. thrice God gave Jesus a cup that's full of our sin he gave Paul a thorn that kept him from sin he gave Simon Peter a net that was full of sinfulness and they all had to deal with it thrice and God never did change his mind what about the Lord being so much God that the best ones he has, he doesn't answer their prayer the way they want it? Mm-hmm. Come on now. That's good. That's good. So my little word to him slipping right here is just don't think just because he ain't doing what you want that he don't like you and he can't use you and you're not one of his. That's well, that's good. The fact that he ain't changing things for you is that he's got that much confidence in you. that you'll serve Him whether He does what you want or not. He knows you enough to know that you'll stay with Him no matter what He does. No matter what He doesn't do. No matter how He treats you to get done what He wants done. You're loving him. He knows who loves him for him, not for what he does. <laughs> now here's the thrice business. Why thrice? This is my own little thoughts. I believe they're right. I believe there's a lot to what I'm fixing to say. And it's very simple. It's because he's got to get through you and get to you. I believe man's a tripart creature. I'm a trichotomist, not a dichotomist. That's the only college words I know. I wanted to get them out there. And that simply means maybe somebody's new to church. Trichotomy means that you believe that man is three parts. You believe that, Pastor? Body, soul, and spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. And I pray, God, your whole body and soul and spirit be preserved, blameless. And God's three. The Father, the Son, the Holy yeah. Ghost. Help me. And he made us three. Now, listen carefully. This to show you why there's some confusion. Pastor, tell me what you think about this. I run to this last year studying this. The reason some men are dichotomous they believe that soul and spirit are interchangeable terms, probably the same thing. They believe man's body and soul and the soul to be the spirit. Spiritual. It's because they stay in the Old Testament. Watch this. And if you're Old Testament only, you might get that strong impression. Yeah. Yeah. But when you get in the New Testament, this is where y'all are supposed to help me. Yeah, I'll I lay it out first, then you can help me. When you get in the New Testament, things get spiritual. Mm, mm, mm. Heaven opened, page two. Jesus baptized John to the Jordan. Heaven opens. What comes down? The very thing that died in the garden on page two. Adam's spirit died when he sinned. In the old testament, man's just two-dimensional. But in the New Testament, you get on page two. And the Son of God about to throw a pew. The Son of God brings something to us. He brings that third dimension that's been dead, deflated, and died the whole time. The heavens opened and what came down like a dove? The Spirit of God. And even looked at John. He said he's the greatest man ever been born. But the least born in the kingdom is greater than it. I wonder why. Because the New Testament brought a new John 3. It starts with a B. I wanted to give you, you better get it right. The New Testament gives us a new you're all fired, every one of you. You're useless. And you, I was going to get every one of you a woman next year at the Redfield, but now it'll be a whole nother 12 months of praying and fasting. Tell them, tell them. whole another year. One more year of probation. Another year of judgment. Sorry, boys. Enjoy Taco Bell. Watch your own laundry. What does the New Testament give us that they never had before? In John chapter three, it's the new birth and what is it that's birthed well it tells you what it is John 3 but that which is born of the spirit, <laughs> spirit. and I just want to tell you that they never had that in the old God did not move inside and inflate that spirit he is a spirit mm. I'm going to say something y'all come with me this is not mystical spooky or the way out there this is just the way God made us the flesh that's where sin lives the soul, that's where self lives. The lost man out there is walking around in his soul. But only a saved man's got that third, that core, that heart. God moved in it, resurrected it, made it alive, made it holy. I'm gonna say this, y'all. All of God moved in all of your spirit. When he resurrected your dead spirit, it was deflated. He moved in all of him moved into all of it. Yeah. And there ain't nothing in there but God. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. that's our eternal security. That's yeah. our eternal security. Yeah. That's the part that's justified yeah. and, and glorified and it's already there. Yeah. 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 One of the old preachers used the illustration of the old bicycle tire. The the rubber tire would be the flesh, the inner tube. Did I say it right? It's a little, it's their little inner tube that would be the soul that's inside the flesh but the air that goes into this is the spirit <laughs> and I'm thinking this I'm thinking the reason I'm about to run no skinny people allowed to run with me I only run with fellow hefties Stay where you're at, son-in-law. You get up and go with me, sir. <laughs> Qualified. All of you, but everybody on this. If you, you, stay where you're at, first pew. We don't even like. We don't even like you guys. We, yeah, you're with me. <laughs> no, you're with me. You know what I think the Lord is doing with this three? Because folks, you can't tell me that's not significant. Jesus and his two preachers, God worked in all of their lives with one of these thrice stories. The cup three times, the thorn three times, the net three times. You can't tell me that's not significant. God sent his son, his son sent his two preacher boys and the other apostles and disciples. You know what I think he's doing? I think God just... <laughs> He works on us till he gets through every bit of us. The yeah. first time it comes you, he's got to work through your flesh. Yeah.
1: Come on, y'all. Y'all know your flesh. Didn't you? Your flesh don't ever want to
0: cooperate with nothing. And that first visit, he shows you the cup. He gives you the thorn. He presents you with a net. And that first thing, your flesh first thing great. Right. But you get your flesh in the right place, then you got to deal with yourself. Yeah. That's good for you. Go ahead, Go ahead. The soul is where the mind and the emotions operate. That's where you think. That's where you speak. That's where you react. That soul is where your thoughts and emotions are. If if you're a lost man, there ain't nothing in there but you. And probably several unclean spirits. But they're living in your soul. They can't do nothing for your spirit. But that spirit, God moves inside us. I want to say something. Y'all better shout and save you 20 minutes in the penalty box. If you got to fake it, shout and make me think it's real. It'll save you 20 minutes. God's so wonderful, He didn't send you salvation. This is our God. He will be with them. You know what's going to make heaven heaven. Go read Revelation. He'll be with them and he will walk with them and he will talk with them. That's what made heaven heaven. That's what made paradise paradise. God didn't send you salvation. God didn't ship you a package of salvation. God didn't arrange salvation to heaven brought you. He didn't even bring it to you and hand it to you and go back to heaven. God didn't even give you salvation so much as God is your salvation. Jesus is your salvation. And He didn't bring it, He is it. And He came to you and got over in you. When you yielded, you accepted, you believed, He stepped into you, resurrected it, and He lives in there. He is your salvation. He's what's saving you. And it's Him, and He's in there. And Him and the Father and the Spirit are the same one and they're all in Him, in you. Just as much as we are in Christ, Christ is in us. Just as much as all of God is in Christ, all of God's in Christ in you. Okay? And here's here's the deal. Now this thing's laid out in several different ways. You can see it in the three heavens. First heaven is where man lives. Second heaven is where the principalities and powers. That's where spiritual warfare takes place. Third heaven, God, flesh, soul, spirit. It's laid out in the tabernacle, the outer court. Leave me alone. That's a 20-minute sermon. I had to get rid of it. Tabernacle. You got to come through the outer court and lay yeah. it over. That's the flesh. Then you, then you come inside and you go in the inner court and that's the soul. But that Holy of Holies. Spirit. Spirit. Church. The old timers built these rectangular church buildings shaped after the tabernacle. Wow. To come in through them doors. And in church something, you come in the front of the church and immediately you're in the back. Right. (laughs) Uh huh. That's how it is getting born again. You come in the front, come in the gate, and immediately you're at the very back and you're going to work your way up the whole time. Okay, y'all. The front door in the foyer is your flesh. This sitting right here where all the people are is their soul. When you get this. It's the Holy of Holies. Yeah. All this is the altar of prayer. Yeah. The table of the, the body and the yeah. blood of Jesus. Yeah. Sure. This is the Ark of the Covenant in, yeah. in the church age. It's where the glory falls on the Word. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and if you want to get in all the way in
0: and you fall in that, you get up there and where we praise Him. Yeah. Yeah. You get in them Holy of Holies, there's praise. Yeah. 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 And you get back in there and fall in, you get drowned. That's right, yeah, yeah. the bad. They're bad. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so now this is very practical as well as spiritual. That's why fan-shaped auditoriums are contemporary and they're not scriptural. Oh, Leave right. me alone, half my friends have them. I tell them anyway just to see if they're really my friend or not. <laughs> Brother Derek, a lot of them ain't. I've preached many places once in a row. <laughs> all right, now, now watch your spiritual journey. Watch your spiritual journey in the church. Does it not? You've got to kill the flesh to come in that door. Isn't that the, I mean, for the sinner getting saved the first time they come to church. How many of y'all remember the first time? You, now, some of you was raised in it, but some of you had to come. And you had to kill the flesh to get your clothes on, drive your car, go down there and park and oh, to walk yeah. through that front door yeah. it, you, you got to conquer the flesh. Yeah. That's flesh just to get in the door. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And even us saved churchmen, you, you still do it. Yeah. Oh man, how yeah. many times I don't feel like going? Yeah. I'm an evangelist. I don't feel like going to church half the time.
1: I think it's funny they want me
0: to bring revival. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Somebody put some shock paddles on me and then we'll see. <laughs> flesh. Think about it, four-year crowd, front door crowd. Crowd just getting here. They got That's the flesh you gotta come through. You're sitting here. This is where you sit. This is where God sits. This is where you sit. And do you not sit right here, right there in the middle, the soul, the second level. That's that's where you wrestle with you. You're doing it tonight. If I was there, I'd be doing it right now. I'd be talking to me. My old carnal soul would be arguing with my spirit, with God in my spirit. Sitting right there. You deal with your fears. You deal with your stubbornness. You deal with your unbelief. You deal with your pride. You deal with your jealousy. Somebody walks by and y'all mad at each other, and you deal with that ugliness in your spirit. Come on now. You don't have Christian school and a good church and go everywhere together and not have problems with each other. And you sit right there and everything, and and then God tells some of you, "I need you to come and go." I'm gonna put you in the ministry. And right there is where the soul deals with it. Right. Yeah. This is where the soul business. Right. But the moment that you that you you kill you you overcome the flesh just to get in. But to get all the way, through, when you get up and come down here, yeah. you enter into that spirit business. Yeah. You get on them altars, yeah. Yeah. and that soul just goes, ah, I'm losing this one. I'm losing. I'm losing. As you walk down, it's like, ah, this is over for me. When you walk in the door, the flesh is like, oh, I lost that one. When you walk to the altar, the soul says, oh, I lost that one. And you get down here and this is where God is. He's in your submission and your sacrifice. He's in your worship, the body and blood of Christ. You get down here and you get in that glory to run down. You get in here and the praises of God are living. You get in here and you can get off in the deep end and just drown in this. Y'all say that? Look at Jesus for a moment. I'm almost done in my own way. Look at Jesus. Brother Spencer, let me run this by you. See if you've ever seen this. God rewarded me with this about four years ago, I was in a particular trial and they put me in a bad place and I was already in a bad place. And I said, Lord, I just want to do my best for you and not quit. There's a story there i tell you. But, and he sat me down and showed me this. That was my reward. A little revelation. When Jesus died... He went to all three worlds at one time and saved me everywhere I need to be saved. His spirit went to heaven. His soul went to hell. And his body went to the grave. Right. All at the same time. Right. That's good. His spirit went upward because your spirit's the spiritual part. His soul had to go down to hell right. because that's where God's got to burn it up and the body went back to the ground where it came from, yeah. flesh is flesh, and he's gonna deal with it like flesh. Yeah. All right, maybe a new Christian pastor don't understand, when, when Jesus died, Father, and y'all can finish these quotes if you want to, into thy hands, I commend my spirit, commend my spirit. Yeah. and he gave All up the ghost. The ghost. Acts 2, Psalm 16, and 10 other verses, my soul, thou wilt not leave in he went and preached to the You're Spirit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> his soul went down, his spirit went up, yep. and his body went to the grave. Right. Yeah. Right. And when he'd done that, he carried my spirit to heaven and procured a place for me with the Father. When he died, he carried my soul down to hell, paid the ultimate price, scraped me off the bottom, I don't believe Jesus suffered in hell, by the way. When he said it is finished, it was finished. I told some men how I felt about that one night, and I ain't never been back, but you know that's okay. His soul went down, his spirit went up, and his body went to the grave. <laughs> Heaven, hell, earth. When Jesus died, he went to all three worlds at the same time and saved me everywhere I needed to be saved. (laughs) I can't go to hell. He done went down there and scraped me off the bottom. I'm going to heaven. He done been up there and made a spot for me. And when they lay this body in the ground, it it will not be the first time that somebody ain't been there. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Jesus has already been there. He's going to bury your flesh. He's going to take your soul down. He's going to take your spirit (laughs) Woo! heard a man out of South Florida teaching part of that and Joe Parsons taught the rest of it. He said when Jesus died, he carried your spirit to heaven and put it with God. He said he went down to hell with your soul and paid the ultimate price, scraped you off the bottom of the hell the same time he was positioning you in the highest part of heaven. (laughs) and <laughs> yeah. his body laid in the ground because that's where we got to live in this valley of the shadow of death alright this thing was done thrice what the Lord's doing if he offers you a cup it's going to kill you but it may bring salvation to the entire world your world. If he offers you a thorn that's keeping you down because you've been high enough and he won't let you go too far down or too up high and if he gives you a net there's a new day in your life. Thrice. I wonder if God does what he does to get through our flesh where sin lives Get through our soul where self lives and to get to our spirit where God lives. Mm. And that's what he's doing. We start out yonder. We've pondered in here, but we gotta get there. (laughs) I bless his name. I hope that means something to somebody. Hope it helps. Hope it helps somebody. Hope it helps. Make us spiritual. He loved us so much he moved in with me to save me. And he'll reach out and just smack me all around. He'll be like, "Hey, I'm in here. Quit acting like it." <laughs> uh, let's bow our heads. when our musicians come? How many people need to get on this altar? Pray that God make us spiritual. How many folks need to get on this altar? You got a thorn, you just need to accept it. You got a net, you need to accept it. Let's all stand, make it easy to move. Is God offering you a cup? You don't want to drink it, but He's offering it to you. He'll keep working in our life till He gets to us, till He gets through us, until He gets through to us. Let's all sing if you know the old song. Episode.